We couldn't stop eating the delicious chicken, so we didn't boycott Chick Fil A. So we didn't like Star. We don't like Starbucks because they're anti-union and have been flagrantly flaunting their anti-union bias and and really doing everything they can to squash unions. But we gotta have that fucking coffee. Yeah. And you know the the right says we don't like you put no transgender on a Bud Light can, so they. Fucked Bud Light up. Yeah, we don't we don't like having no gay pride parade in a Target, and they fucked Target up. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. I don't, but I really don't want to talk about this, but it's, I'm, ah, it's, I'm, I'm just being pushed. I'm being pushed. It's Who's like, pushing you? When you're being pushed, you just got to find, I'm, I'll go off the plank. Fine. Okay. Who's pushing, Who's sort of, pushing you? I'm in Katie's office right now because, you know, my office got flooded again. Yes, it did. And she's got notes all over the, all over the place. Not unlike. Yeah. Me. Like you're posting a wall, yeah. You know, and you know, one says like over here says thick skin, you know. Um, another says ready, willing, able. Like just like, you know, when you're buried in the shit, like, no, man, you got this. You need some self of yeah, self-affirmation. Sure. That, that's fine. I and there's a lot of other things. You cannot give too much. And it's interesting because you can see into the mind of somebody. With the notes yeah. right to them. You see what their insecurities are based on the shit that, uh, yeah, that they put up on a wall. Yeah, why not? Now, I've, my hesitation a moment ago is because I maybe I shouldn't be airing this stuff in public, you know? Because, like, are the notes that my right, that my white, Jesus, are the notes that my right wife's, oh my God, are the notes that my wife writes to herself? <laughs> Good morning, David Hibble. He's got a stroke. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm, uh, I, I'm doing my best Mitch McConnell. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and f- to that point, obviously, fuck Mitch McConnell a thousand different ways. Fuck Mitch McConnell. Fuck Mitch McConnell. But that's scary shit, right? Like, if if he's aware of what's happening and your brain just, like, freezes on you like that, like, as a human, that's a scary thing to experience. And for a hot moment as I'm watching that, I felt kind of bad for him. Oh, not at all. And then I was the other like, part of me was like, yeah. nah, the fucking fear that this motherfucker has instilled in millions of Americans. Well, my decades. perspective is, I think it, it's, it, it's one of those things that uh, as I become more and more sort of separated from the, the culture wars, because I just decided I don't have any more patience for the culture wars anymore, is... That I looked at it and I went, okay, because I can I can acknowledge while I I really hate everything Mitch McConnell stands for, like I, I, I everything he stands yeah. for, I really despise. However, I have to give him props for being a motherfucker of a politician. That son of a bitch yeah. has he has accomplished things that no one else could have done. I, there's just, just obstinate and just 
smart and i mean you know so uh, what i'm happy for not i don't want him to die but i love the idea that maybe his uh his gears are slipping it a bit and maybe he won't accomplish quite as many horrifying things in the future what do they call ted kennedy the lion of the senate right yeah yeah well if if teddy kennedy was the lion of the senate <laughs> mitch mcconnell is the biblical locus of the senate Oh, see, I would say he's the he's the he's, he's the giant. He is destructive. Yeah, he is, yeah I, he's effective, yeah, I, man. I would say, I would say, I this thing is in my brain. He looks a little bit like a turtle, but uh, you remember the uh, there's the, no little the, bit. He looks a lot of bit like. All a right, turtle. he looks like a lot of turtle. But you know, remember the uh, the original uh, uh, Disney Jungle Book, the the two yes. two D. Trust in me. Yeah. That's Mitch McConnell. This is a guy who kind of looks pretty, but his eyes are will mesmerize you, and he will fuck you up because he's slow. That was the that was the snake. Yeah, and he's the snake, a snake. The snake was kind of elegant the way it's. Well, that's what I think. I think I don't think Mitch he's it's never been an elf. Well, no, well, no, he's not. That's that's even that, in his side is the way he does his the way he accomplishes thing uh, that he wants is it takes real time. It's very slippery. It's like being squeezed by a boa constrictor all the time. Eh, that's okay. That's fair. That's 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 kind of my my metaphor for the day. So, so, okay. So you're seeing so things I'm around. I'm seeing things. Affirmations in your wife's office and you show, Oh, I gotta, I gotta interrupt you. Speaking of, I don't know if I want to air this publicly kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I never think about anybody listening to the Apecast. I, I mean, yeah, I know, I know there are people that do, I see the metrics. I know that people listen to the Apecast, but I don't really think about it much. And sometimes I do think for you, cause you've got like a respectable job and you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, when I edit things, I, I don't, I don't overly edit our, our show, I, I but you have a respectable job as well. The difference is I really like my job. I've done my job's fine. You're indifferent. Yeah. I'm indifferent to my job. It's yeah. hey, it pays the bills. So I don't give a fuck. But uh, one of the things very interesting is remember I was telling the sto story about the guy, the hot chick with the guy with his bad teeth. Yeah. Yes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you they listen to the Apecast because I, I, yeah, I didn't even think of, well, it's just some randos in my fucking building. I don't even remember what their names are, but, um, I, I've, before the Apecast, that Apecast dropped, I'd seen them at least four times, like either in the elevator or in the hallway, and they were super happy to see me and like really pleasant. And, you know, we talked, that kind of stuff. And then, and then a couple of days after that episode dropped, I didn't even think about it, but I saw him on the street and I said, hi. And they both looked at me with the eyes of fucking death. Now, I didn't say, did you listen to me bitch about your teeth on the ice? I didn't say that, but there was no nothing between the last time I saw them, which was, hey, Don, and death stare. And so I went, oh, fuck, I'll bet they listen to the Apecast. Wow. Oh, I didn't think about that. I mean, it can't be a surprise to him, though. <laughs> it is. Wait, if what? It is got bad teeth? Good. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Katie, Katie, you're looking around her office. So she's got this note here. I mean, these could be working titles of a potential book idea. I don't know. How to have a job and also be human. Okay. How to... <laughs> but here's... <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about this. No, I love that. 
But again, because I have no idea what the, what the context of any of this is. Exactly. No, but, uh, but here's the thing that drew my attention. How to be a boss without losing your humanity. It's this how to be a boss thing that I, I, that I'm taking up with. I, you see this a lot in, oh, why do I, why am I doing this? I don't like where this is going. Yeah, you're I going. Stop it, but I'm not going to. You're not going to. I, at this point, I won't let you stop it. You got to go. You got to, but I'm going to push you into this corner now. There is a very common backbeat that modern feminism is playing. And it's about being a boss. Being a boss mom, being a boss lady, being a boss boss bitch, being a badass boss, being boss, 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 boss. And I get it. You know, it's about taking your own shit, being in charge of yourself, not I, you know, all the things of being a boss, having your own company. Like, I, I get it. See, can I can I back you up? It's it's not about being a boss. What was the title again? How to be a boss and still retain your humanity without losing your humanity. Yeah. Okay. The the what what she means when she writes that is how to be a man (laughs) without. That's what she means because when all these women say I'm going to be a boss, what they're really saying is I want to be like a man. Well, in their mind, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that all men are bosses. What I'm saying is their frame of reference for a boss is a man who was probably an asshole, who is super confident, but probably didn't earn that confidence with actual ability. You know, all the stuff that they're going to complain about men, it's like, how do I be more like that? That's what the whole boss bitch thing is, is kind of the point that I'm getting to. Yeah. It's because to your point. What is that? The Tina Fey book, Bo- yeah, Bossy Pants. There it is, up on her shelf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, if you remember the cover of the book, it's like Tina Fey's face, like on a man's body or whatever. Exactly, like, whatever. That's so, exactly like, it. Yeah, joke. Okay, but this idea of being a boss it makes me think of Bruce Springsteen's nickname. Right, they call Bruce the boss. Mm-hmm. Bruce never liked that. No. Because Bruce is not, you know, he's the working man, so he's not the boss. He doesn't want to be the boss because the boss he's sort of like, is he's the sort of like guy. a military guy. He's like a military guy when you call him sir. He says, I'm a sergeant. I'm not sir. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. But you know, it's like, like, yeah, dude, you don't treat me like I'm, I'm better than my station. I, this is, I am proud of my sort of lower tier position and I'm really good at it. There's just this kind of like, yeah, like I don't think that they want to be men, but there is this like I'm in charge. It's it feels negative. The kind of boss oh, it, I feel well, is very like a th- it's authoritarian almost. It's well, it, one of the things that I get that I always say. I'm the boss. It took you know? me it took me years to figure this out, and and it really did take me years to figure this out. Um, but I once I did figure it out, I realized okay, and and actually I've really uh effectively employed this particular reality um here at this this job in, in Wichita is anytime you have to explain to people you're the boss, you are most definitely not the boss. Yeah, I mean if you've got to tell people I'm in charge, guess what? 
the fact that you had to tell somebody you were in charge means that you are absolutely not in charge. It's just how that's how being in charge. And part of that is it's well, you know, one of the things it's, it's I love that you brought this up, actually, because one of the things that I thought was interesting, Dana had this going on um, in her warped fucking sociopathic mind. Mm. Uh, but there are other women that I dated uh, of a younger ilk, which is my tendency. So there you go. Because I'm old school. I like them young ladies. Anyway, uh, you, <laughs> you know, but uh, one of the things I, I noticed was sort of this, this, this sort of underground agreement or, or decision by a lot of women when it came to the relationships with men was instead of saying, you know, men should treat me better. They decided, well, if men can be shitty sex hungry ghosty fuck bags well then i'm gonna be that way yeah and it's like what that's so fucking well it's just backwards so when i hear somebody say i'm gonna be a boss bitch i just hear bitch i just and you know i just hear i don't hear boss i, I don't hear leader i hear I don't want to be a leader. I just want all the trappings of what leadership may bring me. And so I'm going to act like a fucking dick because that's how bosses are supposed to act. And it's like, well, you've never had a really decent boss then. Cause most of my bosses, I mean, I've had some bosses. I've got a boss right now, kind of an asshole, but most of my bosses have actually been really good leaders. Yeah. There's a difference between being a boss and a leader and a leader. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I, what I hear when I hear, you know, boss pitcher i'm you know be a boss not losing humanity is i hear network television laugh tracks <laughs> because it sounds it's such a trope and you know you see it on instagram and you see it in it just all the it's just become this trite you ubiquitous can trope that that you can buy on a piece of faux wood yeah. written out in a fucking pottery barn. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, it's the hang in, it's the hang in their baby cat. Yes. Of the new millennium. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And I don't disagree with the sentiment, you know, like I think it's, it's hard to be, to run your own bit. I mean, Katie's got a small business, a couple of them, and she's a, a parent and she's, a, she's got a lot going on and her life is, is, complicated and convoluted and exhausting and i and i get it that's that's life i don't think it's yeah. super unique it's unique to her and there's little unique sure, sure. yeah 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 it's man you got to motivate yourself well it's it's one of the things and that i and that i can appreciate from katie and uh, in, in, in that regard is doing your own thing self-motivation and you know this because you've worked at home. You've been freelance before. That kind of that is, you know, all this uh, since the pandemic, all the all the remote work. The reason it's not as effective for a lot of people is that self motivation is a lot of fucking work. Yeah, and it's a lot of telling yourself a narrative you need to hear every morning about yes. getting up, about doing your thing. It's about I got to set my schedule. I got to, you know, it's you got to be ready, I, willing, and able. You know, yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta well, well, my you got to, yeah. Yeah, well, my, my if I, if I've you know my my two that I keep because I used to have that kind of shit all the time, like everywhere. I mean, I had that shit everywhere. I have on my walls here. Literally, literally, um, uh, two, 
Uh, yeah, I know. I think two, one is life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And I've just always really loved that image. Yeah. And then, and then we're all stories in the end, just make it a good one. And then the one that I have that pops up on my computer is wake up, kick ass, be a fucking pirate king. Those are things that yeah. I like to go, okay, this is the, these are the things that are important to me. I don't need the fall down seven times, get up eight. I don't need that anymore. Cause what I've realized is, man, I've fallen down way more than seven and I keep getting up. It's harder, but I still keep getting up. And it's like, so I understand that need for, I need this reminder around me because I'm sitting in my office. I got kids. There's a million things I'd rather be doing, but I have to get the fucking, you know, I got to make the bread. I got to bring home the bacon Yeah, and I got to fry it up in a pan. So that's the thing is, is, being a, is being a boss, is it less about I'm in charge of everything and I, what I say goes, and is it more about, you know, being a, like, you don't want to actually be a pirate king, like stealing shit from other people and hurting other people and blowing up I don't, other people's shit. I don't want to, I, I don't want to hurt know. the people, but I wouldn't mind blowing shit up and I wouldn't mind stealing, but I don't do that. That's really not my thing. Pirate King is a metaphor. It's sort of like, yeah, she says, yeah, it's a metaphor for something that I have sort of like a romantic vision of this. It's sort of like breaking down her. I want to be how to be a boss and retain your humanity. Uh, in her mind, humanity is a good thing. Yeah. It's like a positive thing. That is not the reality of humanity because the reality of humanity is exactly that. Stealing people's shit, killing people, blowing stuff up. That's humanity. Yeah. That's what humanity represents. If you really look at the – so that's not what she means. She means humanity is in being uh, a nicer, altruistic, and empathetic. Yeah, that's what she's talking yeah. about. It. So yeah, the so well, pirate I, king is is a metaphor for sort of like that Jack Sparrow romantic. I don't care about the fucking rules. Yeah, and I'm also still real funny and uh, and and dress crazy. You know, at that point, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a juxtaposition is how to be a boss without losing your humanity. So you, how can you be the big baddie? Like a boss who's an asshole nobody likes, you know, everybody has to answer up to and whatever, but still be a good person and a, and a, and a kind person or maintain your humanity. So to her credit, but it's still a, the trigger for me. So it's fine. Have your thing, Katie, do whatever. But the trigger for me is just the, the trite ubiquity of it. Yeah. Of the news. Your first Rorschach. <laughs> In it looks like we're black sliding. Oh, Jesus. The rise and fall of the chief diversity officer in the Wall Street Journal. It looks like the DEI initiatives of 2020, where they were basically hiring a bunch of people to come in who had zero actual qualifications. They just had a whole lot of belief to come in and deal with the diversity, equity and inclusion in major corporations. Those jobs are completely going away. This is old shit. I have seen this before. When I was working for MGM Mirage, living in Las Vegas, MGM was the first company that I had seen. This is 2000, uh, 2006. I don't know when they actually instituted it, but the first company I had seen that was huge on diversity. 
they had a divert uh, what was the title I, I mean let's just call it like a vp of diversity like over the whole company and there was this woman named puna mather right? was that her name puna mather who i you can ask which sounds like a it sounds like a rudyard kipling uh villain well she she was a she was like Black and Indian. She was like Kamala Harris, like a black Indian, I think. Something like that. Sure. Um, she was a lesbian. Like, she checked all the boxes. Of if the only thing to make her completely diverse if her name was Puna Renee Mather. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I like Puna. She was a, a wonderful person. Um, she was a hugger. That was the first thing she told me. She's like, well, hi, David. It's nice to meet you. I'm a, hug I'm a hugger. Can I hug you? And I was like, I can't. Sure. You know, whatever. Um, but I've described her to Jared. What a commitment to hugging. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but MGM was like really into the diver this diversity thing. And there was diversity training and all this stuff. And it felt like a lot of, like, I was always, you know, I'm in favor of diversity, whatever. But it felt like a lot of, you know, woo-woo, kumbaya bullshit. And it kind of was. But they also created a chief experience officer that they called their CXO. Because experience is spelled with an X when you're cool. And you can't call him a CEO because it's already taken. Exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway. Um, they hired this woman to be their chief experience, their CXO. It was never clear what this woman's job was. But it was part of this, like, diversity, like, experience, you know, culture. And, like, to MGM's credit, they were ahead of... Everybody else, it felt, it seems like, but they got rid of this position like three months in because it didn't make any sense. I, I don't know if Puna Mather's still at MGM. I have no idea or whatever the hell the company is now. Um, so short story long, I, DEI is important. It is legitimately important. Uh, but I think. We have to calm down and actually think this shit through instead of just like slapping titles and slapping jobs together. Don't be reactive. Be strategic. Be thoughtful. So if it means that we're readjusting the made up jobs and forced positions that we don't know what to do with, go back to the drawing board so we know what to do with them next time. Number two, in the last big deal before the winter of our viewing discontent. Barbenheimer experiencing the biggest opening weekend of the year. I am in a panic to get and get out and see both these movies before the moment is gone. Because this is a moment. This is a it's a monocultural. It's a monocultural moment. moment. Yeah. We don't get those a lot. At least without like extreme division. You know, like the January 6th interaction interaction insurrection that was a monoculture moment <laughs> not a good one um riots riots of 2020 yeah monoculture, monoculture. moment you either participate you you went to the 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 women's march with the pussy hats i did monoculture Mono moment yeah moment. Um, it's very funny because i i almost i realized that you know it, the difference between you know, I mean, there's a lot of difference, but, but, but while most people have that FOMO, that uh, fear of missing out kind of thing, I am exactly the opposite is that don't. I, yeah, I refuse, I refuse to follow the crowd. And so 
Um, I know that uh, yesterday I did go see Oppenheimer. Um, I I realized I thought about it for a long time. And it's not like it's like, oh, it's an anti-feminist thing or anything. It's like, I don't really have any interest whatsoever in seeing a movie about a Barbie doll. I don't care how good it is. Oh. I'll wait for it to come on streaming. I'm not going to go to a theater and sit in a theater and be showered with pink and some bad or maybe a brilliant, uh, like musical numbers. Uh, it's, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer because I think Nolan's a serious filmmaker and my dad wants to see this. And yeah, great. Um, Barbie, I'm not so I, I was way into it for a while, but the more Barbie Hammer stuff that got jacked into my face, the less likely I was gonna go. I am usually the exact same way. You know, like there's all the hype. Ah, fuck you, hype. I'll deal with this shit later. Or I won't deal with it at all because fuck you. Or yeah, I just don't care. Um But for some reason, I'm I'm like into this thing. Like this is weird and funny because I do want to see legitimately both of them. Sure. Um, I didn't feel this way with Guardians of the Galaxy three. You know, like I needed to rush out and see it. Like I'll wait till I did, Disney but... in three days time. Okay. See, that days. says my my action. The, the, if I want to see a movie about a doll or a cartoon or a comic book character, it's going to be you know fucking Star Lord and Gamora, and probably not a Barbie doll. So I get, yeah, I get it. I, yeah, that's no, just, I, yeah, I like I like. I played with Barbies as, as a kid. My friend Alyssa Khan. I, I would go over to her house and. Yeah, I love Barbies. All all I did was light my sister's Barbies on fire because I thought it was funny. What what is funny to me is Harry has said that he doesn't like. We were talking the other day, and he was like, "I don't like Bar- Barbies." Are I say Barbies are dumb or Barbies aren't cool or something like that? And we we're he and I were like, "Why?" And he was like, "Well, and he didn't say it because I think he's learning." That mm-hmm. that the response of it's a girl toy is not acceptable because he, that's he's, he's figured he's figuring out the code switch he's yeah. figuring out the code switch because the thing about it is it's while it's perfectly reasonable uh, whether people like it or not perfectly reasonable for him to say I don't like it because it's a girl's toy that's an honest answer it's an honest perspective he's realized that he's not allowed to say that and I I think that's oh. a terrible place to go but yeah that's me he's. It's not that he's not allowed to say it. It's that it's not an accurate depiction of the toy because it doesn't have to be a girl toy. Is it mostly marketed to girls? Yeah, fine. But like, I guess the issue is it doesn't have to be a bad toy because it's a girl's toy. Girl's toys can be, cool, just, you know, he just does. Well, not, you know, if you don't like girl's toys, it's a preference. I mean, don't like, like it, I don't, don't like it. I don't, yeah. I don't like fucking sushi. That doesn't make me anti-Japanese. It just means I don't like sushi. Yeah, there's plenty of other things that make you anti-Japanese. Exactly. Next headline in the cancel culture backlash is in full force, or this is why Trump is still in contention. Jason Aldean's violence anthem sees 999% rise in streams amid controversy. Let me just say that 860 of those streams have been mine. (laughs) <laughs> i have been f- fascinated with this story we talked about this last week yeah we did um you know i i don't think i could pick a jason aldean song out of a lineup or i don't think i could pick him out of a lineup except for this song and maybe it's because i was just in i was just back home in home you know in hammond i was in the small town it's 
this fucking guy and this song and this bullshit it is i mean there's a story in the, in the atlantic about like comparing like jason aldean's america and donald trump's america and how yeah. they're like supporting each other and they're building each other up i'm and, telling you there's, yeah it there's a reason well it's 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 one of the things is that my my dad my, i was talking to my dad last night and we were talking about the trump thing because he was watching the news and you know i can't watch the fucking I can't watch TV news in his house very often because it's interrupted by a string of pharmaceutical ads that yeah. tell you that tell you, oh, you can live fully, except that you're going to be suicidal and you're going to shit yourself and there's yeah. a chance your kidneys will fail. Every fucking pill. But we're watching. So he puts the pause on. He wants to talk about you know, this, whole, this whole Trump thing. How many how many indictments? How many indictments does he have to have before they? Finally, just light him on fire and put him in jail. Yeah. And I, you know, and, I, and you know, he said, I, I said, well, this, you know, this situation. And their neighbor is Tom, and Tom is a big MAGA guy, you know. And exactly. uh, and I mean, and yeah, he's like I said, he's nice enough in my interaction. My mom thinks it's because he's a little scared of me, which is I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's not like I did anything scary, but apparently, just like not having an old couple live next door and having someone, you know his age i don't know yeah um as my sister will say he sees those arms and he backs off i'm like yeah okay yeah. um but which is just very funny you know but uh no he was he was he said, he, he said well it just tells me there's a lot more toms out there than i thought and i went oh yeah that's that is that is absolutely the positive it's absolutely and also the neighbor's name tom yeah, the neighbor's okay. name is Tom, and he's a MAGA guy. And it's like yeah. my dad's saying that that's his only connection to like a MAGA guy, and it also also indicates to me that yeah, the the right is a lot better at canceling shit and boosting up the things that they like than the leftists. They just really are much better. We, I mean, we hated Chick Fil A because they were a bunch of fucking homophobes, and guess what? We couldn't stop eating the delicious chicken, so we didn't boycott Chick Fil A. So we didn't like Star. We don't like Starbucks because they're anti-union and have been flagrantly flaunting their anti-union bias and and really doing everything they can to squash unions. But we gotta have that fucking coffee, yeah. and you know the the right says. We don't like you put no transgender on a Bud Light can, so they fucked Bud Light up. Yeah, we don't we don't like having no gay pride parade in a Target, and they fucked Target up. I mean, they these businesses have taken taken massive yeah. financial hits because of these choices. They're the right's a lot better at this shit because they're more they consistent. Are? Because you know? because the right, I mean, to Jason Aldean's point. We take care of our own. That's I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, I mean, it, it just, it reminds me of when I first met Katie's grandmother and down in Atwood, Illinois, you know, which is like the next town over from Hammond. Um, I was at, at their house. It was Easter. And I was reading a, like a magnet on her refrigerator. That was some Bible quote or something that reminded me of something my grandfather had said to me. And she was like, Oh, do you like that magnet or whatever? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was just reminding me of something that grandfather said. And she's like, oh, is your grandfather a Christian? And he was. And I said, this is my mom's uh, stepdad. And I said, well, yes, ma'am. And I totally code switched. And I was like, yes, ma'am. He what? He, he sure is or whatever. Put a put a hayseed in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. I am. I'm locked in. I am. Yeah. 
you know, okay, good. Whatever you need. And if we're all Christians here, we're going to take care of it. I mean, it's that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. We take care of our own versus up here in the city when we're not burning our own fucking businesses down. Right, Jason? <laughs> like, we're shitting on each other for reading the wrong book or making the wrong joke. Or why am I David Himmel shitting on bossy pants or, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm telling like, you, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, the left is a lot. You're spot yeah. on. But I, you know... <laughs> Jason Aldean can go fuck himself because I'll tell you this and I don't think we talked about this specific thing in the episode last week um, but in the video for this stupid oh, yeah. song I watched it yeah the thing that pissed me off the most was you know for half the video two thirds of the video they're showing footage of the Black Lives Matter protest the the George Floyd 2020 like, like the worst versions of it not the oh, yeah. protest but like the assholes Right. Well, I mean, that's that's and that course, is the American culture. Gonna the show. thing yeah. is, he learned that from us. He learned it from us. We did. We did that first. We've been doing that for the last fifteen years. When it came to any, I mean, it, again, you and I have had this conversation, and I know it's a hard conversation to have. But the fi- the fact of the matter is, there are far less unarmed black men being killed by police than have ever in history before. And yet we take the worst possible situations, which are really awful. I'm not saying they're not, but we put those, those videos on there and we say their name. We take the worst. So of course the right is going to, some guy on the right is going to say, well, let me look at these riots. I'm going to pick the fucking worst parts of those riots. So I'm going to highlight them. That makes yeah. Good sense. Like Mitch McConnell, that's good fucking politics, friends. But that's it it is it is propaganda 101 because you yeah. take the worst of it and you blow it out of proportion or just present it, you know, and that's fine. But then his the last third of the video about how yeah. you know what America should look uh, like it, or what a small town yeah, looks like. Yeah, I know yeah. Yeah, I know where you're going. It is all like 19th like mid-century modern video footage. <laughs> you know, it's the opening s- of 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 the wonder years it's that that grainy 1960s 1950s 1970s video footage of kids in you know cat eye glasses riding around on you know huffy bike or huffy bikes but red rider wagons or uh schwinn whatever yeah 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 Yeah. and it's like okay so your small town is still stuck in the 1950s when america was great when there weren't blacks allowed in the neighborhood and women didn't speak too much and all that and gays gays were in the closet oh gays didn't exist then are you kidding oh no they they existed well, but if you found them if you found them you had to take them and teach them a lesson <laughs> you found them yeah if you found one it's you just, had to get that fancy boy and have a conversation with him i mean it is it is it is it it's it's just bullshit propaganda you yeah. know 101 and fuck off all right, in making up for that fucking Black Adam movie, Dwayne Johnson donates seven figures to support SAG-AFTRA members. I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing the el- the Hollywood elite that play man on the street, person on the street, sorry. Uh, I love them actually doing it. Like, yeah. how much money does The Rock have and how much money does The Rock actually need? And what kind of difference 
Can someone? I mean, the thing is, actually, make giving him, there yeah, you go. him giving a mil- him giving a million dollars is the equivalent of the equivalent of me going out and saying, "Yeah, here's five bucks." But it's a million dollars, man. Fucking a Ma- money where your mouth is. I yeah. I appreciated it, and I really hated that Black Adam movie. So I, I it know. wasn't as bad as it really could have been. Well, it was no rampage. I mean, what is? Yes. <laughs> in, in, here's another one. And here's another reason not to have children. Mm. Rejected plea deal leaves Hunter Biden's team fuming. God, dude. I've been thinking about poor Joe Biden. <laughs> as a as a dad yeah <sighs> like it was, yesterday was jacob's first birthday yeah so there's a lot of feelings you know about parenthood and the journey and your children and who they become and you know we're seeing like the children are they become who they've always been you know yeah and poor joe biden like he loses his wife and his daughter in a car accident. Uh-huh. Then his son Bo dies young, I mean, an adult. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really hard. And then his other son is the biggest fuck up is imaginable. Real big fuck up. And you know, that's, like, that's, that's, I mean, he's not a criminal. He's just a fucking fuck up, man. But then you look at it. It's like, well, his fucking mom died young. His sister died when he was, he was in a horrible car accident. His brother just died. His dad's president of the United States, a senator. Like, that's a hard, weird life. Can't say I wouldn't be smoking fucking meth in the, you know, filming myself in the front seat of my car either. I don't know. I just, and, you know, Joe just wants to build bridges. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Literally bridges. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Concrete and steel bridges. Yes. That's all this motherfucker wants to do. And he's like, I got my kid fucking huffing crack <laughs> in a Ford Taurus. Like, what? Or whatever car he was in. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with Ford Taurus because that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's me whispering to my kid, hey, man, don't, don't kill me in a car accident one day. Well, the thing here's the thing is like you mentioned the 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 smoke and crack. He's not even being charged with smoking crack. They don't have evidence that he actually. I mean, we all know he did. He knows he did. Everybody knows he did. But they're not. What what he's being charged with is tax evasion. Yeah, and lying on a on a, to buy a gun and saying he wasn't on drugs when they know he was. That's what he's. And it's like okay, okay, yes, yes, Hunter. God damn it. Hunter Hunter is just I'm sorry. Hunter and, and you can make as many excuses like oh his mom died and no, all this kind of his brother died is like He's a fuck up. He's the fucking Billy Carter to Jimmy Carter. He is a fucking buffoon. He's a buffoon. He's a moron. And it's just sad. Like it it's it sucks. Like I feel very bad for Joe. His first name is Hunter. Have you ever met anybody named Hunter who wasn't a complete jackass? Yes, I've got a, a one of my best friends. Her husband's name is Hunter, and I really like. I'll him. bet. He, uh, I'm really sure like you him. like him, but I'll bet he's a fucking jagoff. I guarantee not, you I that when you're not, how well, how well do you know him? Do you hang out with him a lot? I mean, I haven't hung out with him in a while, but he's a jagoff. Nah, That's what he is, dude. 
This is nah, his name's this, fucking Hunter. Fuck this off. Hunter's the exception. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. And finally, in I guess we're just a bunch of assholes after all. New studies, Facebook doesn't make people more partisan. Hang on. A new study. Yeah, they did a massive study. Facebook does not, does not make, make people more, more partisan. Basically, they looked at the 2016 election through 2020 with Black Lives Matter and the riots, hmm. and they concluded that really um, Facebook, you know, because the easy, you know, I've been yeah. saying this for a while, that yeah. social media um, exacerbates and makes people like choose sides. And what they discovered in the study is that, no, they chose the sides long before yeah. Facebook came This is like saying, you know. Well, America went to hell after Trump was elected. No, Trump got elected because we were in a spot. Like yep. he was answering the call. Social media is, it just gives us a place to be the fuckheads we've always been. I mean, there is more opportunity to drive people, to push people to one side or the other because, you know, we're all more connected that way. And we're pushing through that connectivity. We can be pushing a larger division, but it is not the, 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 the cause it's not the moment that has divided us no i mean that's yeah big fucking surprise i i actually found it to be quite surprising because i just really i everything I, I just you know it's one of those things with without any kind of substantive data it just makes sense that that uh, social media has made us worse make made us worse people and i still i still indicate i still made us make worse but statement i think it may it does make us worse people but in terms of it being creating yeah sort of this agreed yeah i don't think it's created divide it. no it's it's all it all it really has done is just made it really obvious it yeah. made it really in a, in a time period where you tell racists that they can't say certain words so they have to figure out better words to say that kind of hide that it's what is it the dog whistle thing mm -hmm. you know in, in a time where where your son can't say i don't like it because it's a girl's toy apparently social media has given us the the blueprint of seeing who we really are you know it's like you're sitting in everybody's fucking office reading their affirmations and some of those affirmations like jason aldean are probably uh probably pretty shitty that's a great way to put it that's what social media is we're just sitting in everyone's private office reading their affirmation notes. God, that's gross. There are six things you should do this week. All right, my first thing to do this week, it's a read. Uh, it's in The Guardian, because the best newspaper America has is a British one. Uh, this is called... <laughs> want to quickly spot idiots here are five foolproof red flags what i love about this is it starts with the governor of illinois went viral with a speech about seeing idiots in one's midst and then i have a few pointers of my own to offer and so it talks about jb pritzker kind of calling it out yeah, yeah and then she goes into like who are these idiots well here's a list of them but she really hones in on like the crypto morons and the people oh, who God, fell for yeah. the crypto shit. So it's a fun I, little, uh, little. Opinion. Oh, I want to read it's, that. It's, it's That's in the Guardian. But yeah, it's in the Guardian. I want to read that. That's good. My first thing is watch. It's except it's not necessarily a recommendation. 
Love these. As, as much as it is, here is a really good example of how, how this thing I love has gone off the rails so badly. Um, I'm going to say watch Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. It is. It, I watched it. I, I said, you know what? God damn it. It's Nick Fury. Um, it is an example of how fucked the writers and Feige are. It's better than She-Hulk. Well, so is my it, diarrhea yesterday. Well, that's the same. But it is, it's full of so much, so many bullshit ideas that make no pragmatic sense that are just like, oh, this would be cool, dude. This, Secret Invasion. Did you see Kong versus Godzilla? No. Okay, where it was just sort of like at one point Kong is in this underworld, uh, like this under the earth crust sort of nirvana, and he decides to get a fucking hammer. He gets he's basically becomes Thor and gets an axe to go fight Godzilla with. It is the big. It's like a bunch of fucking idiots that go. Would it be cool if this happened? Yeah, dude, you see that? And then they made a movie, and it's just, but. It didn't, you know, Kong versus Godzilla didn't really take itself seriously. Here's the thing. It's sort of like, hey, man, wouldn't it be cool if Rhodey, instead of being Rhodey, has been a scroll for like the last seven movies? So fuck you. That, though? I don't know that Rhodey has been like. No, they they make it that he's been since since the the, the intimation in this in this secret wars is that Rhodey has been a a terrorist scroll since civil war which is fucking forever i mean that's you know i mean that's that's is, it, since civil, it, is that how do you know that it's been since civil war because they make they make the suggest they make, basically the 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 whole thing of secret invasion is that the scrolls they go back to 1995 yeah they go back to, to Nick Fury in 97 I mean they they have a lot of flashbacks where they had to do some de aging on nine thousand year old Sam Jackson and uh, and they make it they they basically make the case that the scrolls have been infiltrating since. Well, for years, for decades. So the scroll it, it, got lost his legs. They had to, the scroll had to rebuild his legs, not the actual roadie. You know, and there's it's, it's like that's what I'm saying. So the scroll none of it in makes Infinity any none of it makes any fucking sense. The stuff they threw out there is some major league bullshit. It's it's badly written, and and. It's just, it's like, it's like, this is why I recommend it. It is worth watching it in the same way that watching a guy accidentally light his nuts on fire while trying to cook a turkey is worth watching. It's just like, watch this so, so you know not to do this thing. What I, the thing that, that really took me out of it was it, it was fucking fine, ugh, you know, watching it along, but like seeing it at the end, we're exactly. Yeah, I know where we started. Other no, than no stakes. we now know the scrolls are here. Well, and we know, and we know that uh, that the Talos is dead, and uh, and Colby Smolders. Uh, the, 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 and there's some big shit. And I mean, you know, I mean, just, and I feel I, the thing that made me mad. The thing, I, I, and, and it does. It's like it's more about Talos. Like when, I didnn't care when, about. When, the well, that's the thing is like when Coulson gets killed by Loki. That is a fucking big deal. I mean, they, that was such a big deal that they decided they couldn't lose him. So they made an entire fucking television show around him yeah. because the loss of him was a big deal. So now you have, I can't even think of what her name is, Colby Smolder's character, 
she dies and it's like maria hill maria hill yeah it's she's a big deal i know she's she's a big deal she's the cult she's the opposite because she was there when colson died and she's stuck by nick fury and the thing that kills me is it's like she gets murdered by a guy that looks like you know it's the scroll that looks like nick fury and the only like moment of like this was a big deal is they're taking her funeral and her mother goes to him and it's like yeah sorry yeah, I mean, it's like who gives a shit? It's like it, low stakes, no emotional context. That they, they 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 didn't take any of that moment seriously, you know. I mean, you know, nobody has the conversation. Yeah, she she was gone for five years and then came back in the blip, and now she gets fucking murdered on the street by her best friend. Jesus. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, there's so low stakes, and all it was so that they could get it, so that Amelia Clark could have. You know, super like a drag song. Well, yeah, super skull drag. But the thing is, again, he went and got the what they call it. I the can't harvest. Even, fucking the harvest, which is like the the DNA of all of these heroes. First of all, did Hulk bleed? Did Carol Danvers bleed? I don't think so, because in order to do that, unless they went and went, hey, you know, Carol Danvers took a shit over here. Get some of that DNA. Yeah. Probably didn't bleed. So when none of it makes a bit of fucking sense. Yeah. And the bad guy, before he gets to harvest, has fucking Groot powers before Groot doesn't bleed. How do you get Groot's DNA? Well, did a did it's, a twig fall off to get a little silver? It's just the stupidest bunch of lame ass fucking writing I ever saw in my life. And so I recommend people watch it so they can understand how bad it's getting. Yeah. My next thing is a listen. Uh, I think this is the second week in a row I've, I've recommended this. Um, honestly, um, mm-hmm. Barry Weiss. She's good, man. There are two really good. I mean, they're all really good episodes. Um, but the one that, that I was thinking about uh, is the episode Rethinking Higher Ed with Harvard's former president. Um, and it's really, really yeah, solid stuff. Yeah. Talking about the race in... Um, college admissions and what universities can do to level the playing field, equal things out. Um, I, I love how it ends with Perry saying that the, her guest is a former president of uh, Harvard. And she's like, well, you have to go and play golf now. Mm-hmm. So he's, I love her. I think she's phenomenal, man. So great. Yeah. So yeah, but it's an yeah. interesting, um, interesting episode. All right. My second thing is a read. In the one American uh, periodical that actually uh, is at least a doppelganger to the Guardian, the Atlantic, <laughs> it is by it is by Helen Lewis, and it is uh, particularly interesting, or at least uh, applicable to uh, writers. The Wrath of Goodreads. Ooh, and it is an article basically explaining how you know, like when you do good and i checked this that's the thing is i read this article and most recently i uploaded my uh my copy you know my, my i'm self-publishing casino at the end of the world and so i ordered my proof and then i checked goodreads and if you look into the background you can see on goodreads that i ordered the proof which means and one of her things is that there are people that are like releasing self-published books and not even self-published books. Sometimes they're published books, but they hit Goodreads before, and people have access to 
like review them without reading them and and, and in massive ways. And this is a real, like I said, this is a really, really good article about Hmm. the publishing industry and even the self-publishing industry and how Goodreads is, has become a bludgeon for people to destroy books before they're even released. And what is the headline? The Wrath of Goodreads? The Wrath of Goodreads by Helen Lewis. Yeah. All right. My last thing to do this week, it's another listen. Uh, it's a podcast from Wondery called Think Twice, Michael Jackson. This is where they break down. They go into the art versus the artist. And here's the thing with Wondery podcasts. Most of them, the, the content or the topics are great. The content is eh, and the presentation is trash. I think Wondery finds presenters that I, I just, I don't like their voices. I think that their stuff sounds very canned, um, not very organic. It's not the best stuff, but topics are interesting. And this is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's Michael and it's complicated. And yeah. you know, if you're a person of our generation, where you grew up where Michael Jackson is like, this is not for Katie. I don't think who, you know, didn't discover Michael Jackson until it was already too late for her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, or, well, shit, but maybe it is. No, it's not because the, the presentation is not good enough. They're like, yeah, I'm going to keep listening to this guy and hear what they have. Got to it. Say. Okay. But it's, you know, give it a listen because it is the artist versus the art and how. Yeah. How do you, how you, how do you, how do you respond? How do you, respond? you love? How do you, yeah. How do you, how do you, you know that the, yeah creator was kind of a monster all right and then i know i'm late to the i really know how late to the game i am on this um but and then i don't know i'll be honest with you i don't know why i resisted maybe it was because we were talking about like that that the money culture the more people say you got to do it the less likely i am yeah <laughs> you know it's just my nature i don't know how to explain it. i'm contrarian however um in three days I watched 20 episodes of this and I, I love this so much. I'm probably going to watch all 20 again. I mean, I love this show for a couple of reasons. Number one, it has that, that message of fucking do your thing for the art that you create, no matter what and how hard it is to do that. And fucking it inspired me which takes at this point with my dead fucking soul really takes a lot to fucking inspire me. And it really inspired me. We're talking about breaking bad here, right? No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. Um, And, and it made me, it made me appreciate and miss Chicago in a way that I have not seen Mm -hmm. any other show do for me. Like in a, in a, in a, you know, when you watch a show and you and you and you literally can't walk away or look away when the interstitials, which are showing the city mm-hmm. and things in the city, you can't walk away from it because it's like, oh fuck, dude. In watching this, I saw my old apartment on Division and mm-hmm. and Mill. I saw it twice, just in just cutaways. I was like, motherfucker, I miss this town. 
if you've not watched it, and I don't know if you've watched it, but motherfucker, watch the bear I'm on Epic. To it. I'll get to it. Yeah. Dude, dude, I'm sorry. I was just sort of like I, I've watched all the stuff I want to watch. I'm trying to conserve. I thought, well, maybe I'll like this, maybe I won't. And I watched the first episode and I was so fucking sucked in. I watched five episodes. I like watched five well, no, they're half hour episodes. They're half hours or so. I they didn't watch five. I was watching like two hours, two and a half hours, like out of the gate. I was like, oh my God, I love this fucking show. Yeah. And, and, and it is rare for me to say, I just watched a whole series. I watched two seasons of it in like three days. Um, I can almost a hundred percent guarantee you that in a week's time, I'm going to start watching it again. Yeah. Um, it's just so well-written. Let's put it this way. This feels more like a Chicago off loop theater production mm. than any television show I have ever seen in my life. Hmm. And it felt raw and the writing is really good. And it, the, the acting is excellent and the characters are super interesting. I, and, and it's set in sort of like yeah. the places on Orleans. It's over on Erie, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it's like, it's just so Chicago, and I I fell in love. I fell fucking in love with it, and it made me. Uh, I will share this. This makes me laugh. Um, I'm telling because my mom and my sister went to Colorado. I was going to get dad's care sole caregiver this past week. Yeah, and they got back Saturday night, and they were telling stories, and dad and I were telling stories, and I mentioned that that I saw you know this I watched the bear and that they they my sister and my mom should watch it and I said it really made me miss Chicago and really cements to me how much I love that place and my mom says you know we're driving out of Colorado we were there with their bears and there were deer and there were mountains and it was so beautiful of it and then we were driving home we got to Kansas it was like oh my god and I looked over at your sister and he said Maybe Donnie's right about Kansas. It is a shithole. Yes. Oh thank gosh. you. Yeah. It was a really <laughs> funny, it was a really funny moment where she was like, okay, maybe I've had this wrong the whole time. Cause Donnie's been telling me how much he hates this state. Now maybe I get it. Cause she'd spent a week in, in fucking Colorado, which is gorgeous. Yeah. And then got to Western Kansas and said, what the fuck is this? I went, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Love it. Yep. All right. That's the show. That's it. Have a great week. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?